I was reading today in the paper that um, tomorrow is Blue Monday, supposedly the most depressing day of the year. Um, so the only way is down from tonight. Um, so enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, I, I don't want to buy into that kind of statement, and I don't know who decides these things. Um, but tonight, I, I want to talk to you, not too long, but I want to talk to you about having just enough faith and um, for the year ahead. And this message is inspired by two things, and I'm going to give credits. Um, first of all, I read an article by uh, Rick Warren, which talked about looking at the year ahead through the eyes of faith. And I was, I was reading that, and it kind of inspired me as I read it. And I was reminded of Dave's glasses on Christmas morning, his, uh, if you saw that, where he put on these glasses and said, and, and, and Paul picked up on that thought as well about looking through the eyes, the glasses of faith as we look ahead. How are we going to look at, at what's ahead? Are we going to look with anticipation and hope and faith in what God's got ahead for us? Or are we going to kind of, you know, be downcast and have no sense of what God is doing? So there is um, that inspiration from that article I read. And then I heard a message by... Um, Glyn Barrett, who is the leader of the national leader of the Assemblies of God, and he spoke at a regional day that we attended a year or two ago. I can't remember exactly when it was. And he spoke on this subject of just enough faith. And, and so I, I'm, I'm inspired by his message as well uh, tonight as I share this with you. I, I want to start by reading you a passage from Romans chapter 12, just a verse, but it's from the NASB and not... And, and, and it says this, the New American Standard, that is. Um, <coughs> this is Romans 12, verse 3. <clears throat> For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself or herself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. A measure of faith. God has allotted to everyone a measure of faith. Now there is tonight, there is natural faith. You are all sitting on chairs tonight. And as far as I was aware when I was observing you come in and sit down, none of you tested these chairs. You didn't walk around, you've not, you've not subjected these chairs to any tests. You sat down and, and you exercised a level of natural faith that the chair is going to hold you. Now, for some of us, that requires more faith than others. But that's natural faith. We do many things in our lives, whether we get in a car or we get on an airplane. still amazes me how those things stay in the air. But we exercise a level of natural faith. I'm not talking about that kind of faith tonight. There's also something called saving faith, uh, which we experience when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. There is... There is a gift of saving faith, and the Bible speaks of this. It is by faith. It's by grace that we're saved, through faith. And this is not from you. This is a gift of God. And there is something that happens when people come to faith in Jesus Christ. It's saving faith, and it is a gift of God. And it's amazing to see, and many of us in this room have experienced that. And we can't save ourselves. No one can save themselves. No one can create the faith to come to salvation. That is given to people by God. 
by his Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about saving faith tonight either. But I'm, I'm talking about a level of faith for your family, for your work situation, for your finances, for the year that lies ahead, to have a measure of faith. As we read there, to each is given a measure of faith. And I want to ask you tonight, what is your measure of faith at the start of this year? Um, Glenn Barrett, in his talk, when he talked about this subject, he was talking about a time that he went to uh, Norway on a ministry trip. And he, he was um, waiting for his lift to pick him up from the airport. So he went to buy himself a coffee. And uh, the lady uh, at the cafe said that would be 10 kroner. So he, um, she gave him the coffee, he slid across uh, 10 kroner, and she looked at it, and then she got hold of the coffee and pulled it back. <laughs> and um, she said, that, that, that is 10 kroner, but that is 10 Danish kroner. And we're in Norway, and you need Norwegian kroner. And he'd gotten the wrong currency. So he couldn't, and she said, until you get the right currency, <laughs> there will be no transaction. You can't have this coffee until you give me the right currency. Right. And faith is the currency of heaven. When we want God to move in our lives, when we want God to come down and engage with us, when we want things to change in our life, faith is the currency, the transaction that takes place. When we bring faith, things happen. So faith is, a, is the currency of heaven. Heaven comes to earth by faith. And we read and hear in the Bible that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because those that come to him must believe that he is and that he rewards those that earnestly seek him. We need a living, active faith. We need faith to plant. We need faith to sow. We need faith to reap. We need faith to move forward in our lives. We need faith to forgive. We need faith to minister, to act in the power of God. We need faith. And God has given to you and to me, according to the Bible, a measure of faith. And what is your measure of faith tonight as you enter this year? There are different levels of faith recorded in the Bible. Let's read, for example, in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 40, this uh, account. That day... Uh, when evening came, he said to, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? <laughs> For some people, the measure of faith that they have is nothing. <laughs> Jesus said to his disciples on that occasion, as, as they were so afraid on the, on the lake, and they'd been with Jesus for so long, he said, do you still have no faith? <laughs> as he challenged them and asked them that question. And, and it may be that tonight, coming into 2023, some of us feel <laughs> the glass is empty. There's no faith. And there may be areas of your life, specific areas of your life, where you feel that you have no faith. 
And David talked this morning about disappointment and living with disappointment and overcoming the disappointment of the past to look forward with anticipation at what God's going to do. But sometimes disappointment strips us of faith. And sometimes things haven't turned out the way that we thought they would turn out. Or, um, and we end up disappointed and we end up having no faith in an area of, of our lives. Or, or perhaps other things have happened and what once seemed possible now seems impossible. And it's possible, I think, to have areas of our life where hope has been deferred and our heart is sick, as the Bible says, where we have been disappointed, where we've had the stuffing knocked out of us by the events of life. And for some of us, we really do kind of exercise a practical atheism in that we worry about the future. We, we have no faith in what God is going to do. We have no faith or sense of God in our lives. We had recently at home um, a leak in our heating system uh, and we noticed a, a puddle of water appearing beneath the radiator and uh, it, was, it was rusted through and it was leaking. And so the whole system, the whole heating system was emptying. The boiler would fill it up and every time it would go right back down and the whole system was leaking. And to get that sorted out, we had to have a new radiator fitted. We had to fix the leak. We had to refill the system. And for some of us where we've got areas in our lives of no faith, where we have leaked faith and where we are feeling on empty, uh, it is time perhaps for God to repair that leak in our lives and to bring faith afresh into those areas of our life. But let's, let's think about another measure of faith that's highlighted in the Bible. That's no faith, where Jesus said, do you have no faith? Do you still have no faith to his disciples? <clears throat> and for some of us, that might describe elements of our life tonight. And that would be us. But there's another, there's another story in the Bible, in Matthew 6, 25 to 30. And this, well, this is Jesus speaking. And he, he says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or soar away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, and is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith. Little faith. Some, some of us have. Some of us have a, a, a little bit of faith in areas of our lives. We have, we have a little bit of faith. And, and Jesus talks about people that are worried. Any of you worried about the future, about provision, about having enough, enough money, enough food, enough clothing? Worried about your life, worried about where you're going to live, worried about your job, your future? Worried about what God's going to do. And, and for some of us, and Jesus, as he's teaching this in Matthew chapter 6, he, he, he points them to the flowers and he says, look at the splendor 
of these flowers. Look how beautiful they are. Look how, and they're, they're here today and gone tomorrow, but look at the glory with which God in, imbibes these flowers. Look at the attention to detail that God gives just to, the, just to nature, to the flowers of the fields. And if God's going to do that for these flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, how much more will he clothe you? How much more will he look after you? How much more has he got a sense of purpose for your life? And, and look at the birds and listen to the birds. And Jenny and I were saying, even in January, as we're walking to church, we could hear the birds singing at the moment. And I was thinking about that this morning. You could hear the birds singing. And, and Jesus said, listen, look, look at the birds. And, 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 and the Lord, your Father in heaven, he looks after those. How much more? You're much more precious to God than a, than a bird in a tree. And, and how much more will he take care of you? And so when we worry, we exercise really practical atheism in that we're not really believing in God. And for some of us, if we're honest, you know, we've got maybe just a little bit of faith in those areas. You know, we have seen God provide for us in the past. We've seen his provision. We know that God has come through for us, but we're kind of weak in our faith. And we're listening to, you know, the news and and the television and everybody's telling us how poor we are and how stretched we are and how we have nothing and we're constantly told this message, constantly told this message, you do not have enough, you do not have enough and uh, we start to believe it <laughs> and um, we have a little bit of faith. Faith is measurable. So some of these disciples, you have no faith, Jesus said. On, on, you have little faith, you've got a little bit of faith. But even a little bit of faith, Jesus said, can make a big difference. He said, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. So even a little bit of genuine faith in our lives can make a big difference. But there's more. There's a different measure of faith that's highlighted in the Bible. And, and this is great faith. Listen to this account in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 to 10. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, which was his hometown, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? And the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority and with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And he said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. <laughs> this man didn't have a little bit of faith. He had, he had great faith. And Jesus was amazed as he listened to him talking and, and saying, I, I, am, I know how authority works, Jesus, and you don't even need to come to my house. You just need to speak the word and my son will be healed. And th there was a level of faith in this man's life and Jesus was amazed. He said, in all of Israel, he, spoke, he turned around and he spoke to those that were following him, to these probably same disciples, that he said, where's your faith, guys? And he said, I've not seen faith like I've seen in this man. It's amazing. Great faith. And surely we might think, if we're thinking about faith and whether we've got no faith or 
great faith. Surely that's the aspiration to be people of great faith as we come into this year. That's the goal. And, and we read Hebrews chapter 11 and we read this kind of um, roll call of, of great men and women of faith. If you read through Hebrews 11, all these people by faith. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and it's assurance of what we do not see and this is what the ancients were commended for and as the writer of Hebrews then starts to list all of these people of faith and what they did and how they believed in God even though they didn't always see the fulfillment of God's promises but they had great faith and, and surely that's the aspiration or we read about men and women of great faith David again was talking about this this morning of inspiring ourselves with people of great faith and um, we think of people like George Muller, the, the man in Bristol who decided that as he looked around at the, 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 the need of children that were living on the streets that had nothing and that had no home and no clothing and no food, he decided he needed to do something about this. And he opened a children's home and he, he had no money, he had no provision, but he just felt that God was telling him that he needed to do this. He needed to provide a home and clothing and education and food for these children. And so often as we read of George Muller and we read of his exploits as a man of faith who believed in God, so often he would get the children to lay the tables in the morning and they would be sitting and they would be thanking God for the food that they were about to eat. When George Muller knew <laughs> he had no food, he had nothing to give the children. And so they would sit, they would lay the table, they would thank God for his provision. And again and again and again, God would miraculously provide. A, a cart going past, the wheel would fall off and, and the bread that was on it would then be given to the children's home. Or, and there was account after account after account, if you read of George Muller and his stories, of how he believed God and went out on a limb for God in many ways and, and put his faith in God's provision and God again and again and again came through and he, he was a man, of, a man of great faith. The story is told of a time that he was sailing to America and uh, he, he, he was never late for an appointment and he, he had an important appointment in America but as they were sailing, a great fog came down and the captain of the ship said, and, uh, if, if it's foggy, we can't, we can't continue, we can't sail from this particular place. And so George Muller got down on his knees in front of the captain and he prayed and he said, uh, he prayed to God that God would lift the fog and, uh, and then he stood up. And then the captain, watching this man of faith, decided he would do the same. So he got down on his knees and George Miller said, you don't need to do that because one, you're not a man of faith and two, I've already asked God and he'll answer me. <laughs> and as he stood up and his prayer was finished and they looked outside, the fog started to lift the ship started to sail and he continued on to America. What is your measure of faith as you come into this year? But there is even more than great faith in the Bible. There is a, a story told that we've thought about in the last few weeks of Stephen. And he's described in Matthew 6 verse 5, a man full of faith. Absolutely full of faith. They chose Stephen when they were thinking about who could serve on tables and look after the widows and help with the logistics and the administration of the early church. 
and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. He was a man full of faith. I don't know how you react when you read biographies of men and women of great faith or read accounts of bygone revivals or contemplate the great heroes of the faith in the Bible. For sometimes, for me at least, there's a fine line between inspiration and deflation. (laughs) There's a fine line between encouragement and discouragement. Sometimes I read these accounts and I think they are so far away from my lived experience. I'll never be like that. (laughs) And it can work both ways. We can be inspired by these stories of faith and what God has done in other people's lives. But sometimes it can deflate us. Or we can think that's just, it's not me, it's not my life, it's not my experience. But there is another type of faith in the Bible and I think this speaks to every one of us that I want to think about. And, And let's call it just enough faith. Just enough faith. This year. Since they could not get to him, we have this story of the four men that brought their paralytic friend on a mat. They couldn't get to Jesus for him to pray for their friend. So, since they could not get to him and to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and they lowered the man, their friend, on a mat. And we read there in that account in Matthew chapter 2, or Mark chapter 2, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. It's not quantified there how much faith they had, but when, they, when Jesus saw their faith in action, he did something. He began to move in their friend's life. He didn't qualify it. He didn't quantify it. He just said that there was enough. And sometimes I think we need to take our eyes off other people and other people's experiences. And we need to stop comparing ourselves. And sometimes we need to bring and use the measure of faith that God has put in our lives and use it. Now, would anyone like a drink of this? I think Josh is looking thirsty. Come here, Josh. I've got some nice Ribena for you. Come on up here. Would you like a drink of my Ribena? Yeah, sure. That's the correct answer. <laughs> Take a drink. How does it taste? It's pretty good. It's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's top quality. Top quality. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Thank you, Josh. You can sit down now. <laughs> And he didn't take very much, did he? Just a little sip. It's very polite, very British. Could have necked it, but he didn't. (laughs) Obviously not that thirsty. How do we increase our measure of faith? I've just offered Josh a drink. Pretend I'm God, just for a moment. Stretch your imagination. Offering Josh this faith. (laughs) He only took a sip. It was all available to him. He could have drunk it all, but he only took a little bit. There's a passage in the Bible that says, God has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. 
His divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. And everything that God has is at our disposal. And faith is like that. And and God offers it to us. And God makes it available to us. But we've got to learn to use it and engage with it and receive it, the gift of God's faith. What do you need just enough faith for uh, at this time of your life? Do you need just enough faith maybe to start praying again? For some of us, maybe the faith that you need at this time of your life is just to reactivate your prayer life and just to ask again. You're not going to be praying hide. There's another great story of a a great prayer in the past who used to put on his boiler suit and get up at four o'clock in the morning and pray for five hours. And I read stories like that. I'm like, I start to glaze over. I'm never going to be praying hide. But maybe you could have just enough faith to start to engage with God again in prayer and start to talk to him again about those areas of your life where perhaps at the moment you have no faith. But you could have just enough faith. You could receive that from God tonight. Just enough faith that you're going to engage with God again in prayer. Or what about picking up your Bible? It's been a long time. It's been a long time since you've engaged with God's word. And it sits on the shelf day in and day out, week in and week out. Get a little bit from church. But maybe it's time at the start of this year... And God's going to give you just enough faith to start to read a little bit of his word every day and to engage with him and to start to hear his voice again for yourself. Just enough faith to take that next step in your career choices or decisions. Just enough faith to take that next little step. You can't see far ahead. You don't know what this year is going to... You don't even know what next month is going to bring. But you, you could have just enough faith to take that little next step that you think God is prompting you to take. Sometimes I think we need just enough faith to keep coming to church, just to show up. For some of us, our faith is not rocking. Our faith is not overflowing. We're not feeling like Stephen. We are not men and women of great faith. But sometimes we can have just enough faith. I'm going to show up for church today. I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to show up. I'm going to sing those songs. I'm going to listen. I'm going to engage with God and the Holy Spirit. And there's just enough faith. Maybe that's all you have at the moment in this rainy, slightly depressing January month. Just enough faith to do that. If that's all you've got, just do that. Just rock up. (laughs) We went through times in our lives, and and even when we arrived here in Plymouth, where our faith was very depleted, we were probably more in this camp. <laughs> and we were coming into full-time ministry and didn't have a whole lot of faith. <laughs> but we had just enough faith. Yeah. Just enough faith to come to Plymouth. <laughs> just enough faith to start here. Just enough faith to show up <laughs> and believe that God wasn't finished with us yet. And for some of us, we need to have that level of faith. Just enough faith. God's not finished with you yet. God's got more for you ahead. Just enough faith to get out of bed. Just enough faith to show up. Just enough faith to forgive again. To forgive again. Just enough. God, if you, it's like the widow's jar of oil. God, if you just give me enough for today, I I can do this again. By your strength, by your power. Just enough faith to go again. 
just enough faith to start again, just enough faith to raise your hands in worship again, just enough to affect your school and your friend and your workplace. You might not feel like that man or woman, man or woman in power of the hour, you're going to take your school for Jesus, but you might have just enough faith for your friend to tell him about the Lord, to tell him about your faith, to stand up for your faith in school. You might have just enough faith to place your hand in God's hand. How do we increase our measure of faith? To each one of us, it says in Romans, a measure of faith has been apportioned. Jesus highlighted the fact that some people had no faith. Some people had just a little bit of faith, but that could affect quite a lot. And then there was great faith in the centurion that came to Jesus. And then there was Stephen who was full of faith and overflowing with faith. How do we increase this measure in our lives? I think, like I offered Josh that drink, we've got to know that God's power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And God has got enough for you for this season of your life. He's got enough for you for this season of your life. And, and all of his resources, all of the resources of heaven are available to you for this time of your life. Whether you're young, and you're just setting out and you're trying to work out your career and you're trying to work out next steps, you're trying to work out where to go to study or whether to get a job or what, what's going to happen with me. And, you know, God's got enough for you for this season. If you're older and, and some of those young aspirations seem to have dissipated or you're facing major life change, God's got enough for you for this season. His resources are at your disposal. And he can gift you those things. And we can ask for more. I do, I do like the reality of the story in, 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 uh, in Mark chapter 9 where a man comes to Jesus and asks him to heal his son who's had a defect or a problem from birth and has had fits and, and his disciples, Jesus' disciples couldn't heal him and he's a man who just struggled and, and suffered tremendously with the sickness of his child and and Jesus asked the boy's father, we read in Mark chapter 9, how long has he been like this? And the father said, uh, from childhood. And uh, this, he's often fallen into the fire or water, and this force within him, this evil spirit has tried to kill him. And, but if, if um, you can do anything, Jesus, take pity on us and help us. You can kind of hear the desperation in that man's voice. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for the one who believes. Where's your faith? And then there's this kind of honest answer from the man, and I think this probably is most of us, if we're honest. Lord, I do believe, but please... Help my unbelief. <laughs> I do believe. I do, I do believe, Lord. Well, most of us are like Peter, Lord. Where else can we go? You've got the words of eternal life. <laughs> I do believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. And we need to start to use kind of what God has given us, the measure of faith. It might just be a little bit. It might not seem spectacular to you, but just by showing up, just by opening your Bible in the morning, 
It's by spending a little bit of time in prayer, taking those next steps, trusting God with what he's got for you in this next season, your faith will start to grow and multiply. And the other thing that I find is that having faith in God comes by hearing what God has got to say over and over again and choosing to believe him over everything else and over every other voice and over every other noise. I believe God rather than believing the newspaper. I believe God rather than believing the BBC news. I believe God rather than believing that person who's just spoken those words into my life. I believe what God says. And faith, we hear, it comes when we trust God, when we listen to him. So it says in Romans 10, 17 in the message version, the point is before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, there's nothing to listen to. Or a version that you're perhaps more familiar with, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What's that mean? <laughs> it means that as we, as we listen to the word of God, we imbibe it over and over again until it becomes our reality, until it becomes our worldview, until it becomes our glasses that we see the world through. That faith comes by hearing the word of God. So that as we imbibe the word of God, either the preached word or, or, and the gospel word, and the word that we read for ourselves as God speaks to us through the scriptures, that faith starts to rise up in us because God says it and I'm believing it and it is true and so it will come to pass. So if Matthew 6 says that God will provide for me and I read that and I believe that and I imbibe it, faith will rise up in my heart and it doesn't matter what the government says and it doesn't matter what the newspaper says. The Bible tells me, God tells me he's going to provide for me. He's going to provide with what I need and I can trust him in that. And so we start to imbibe and listen to and take in the words of God over our lives and faith begins to grow. Now We're at that time of year now where people are starting to go to the gym and try and get fit again after the excesses of Christmas. And you may be in that camp. And maybe you've got on your phone the couch to 5k app. You aware of that? It's, it's like if you're a complete couch bunny and you want to get fit, you can download this app and it'll get you from being on the couch to being able to run 5k. And how does it do that? It, it takes you on small steps. It makes you do that next little step, take that next little step until you realize that from being here, I can now run five kilometers <laughs> and I just did it by taking those small steps until I got to that place and some of us need a couch to 5k kind of faith app in our lives and you think I, I do not have much faith for this year and I do not have much faith in my life oh <laughs> I forgot I put some in there now I have no faith whatsoever we do leak <laughs> And we, yeah, some of us are in, that, are in that camp, but if we just start to take those small steps and we say, Lord, just give me a little bit of faith, 
and I'll exercise that, and I'll take you at your word, and I'll believe that, and I'll, I'll re-engage with Scripture, and I'll re-engage with what you've said, and I'll begin again. The Lord will help us, and we'll have, I believe, for this year, just enough faith. You might not be George Muller, you might not be Praying Hyde, you might not be Smith Wigglesworth, you might not be any of these characters, but you are you, and God has given you a measure of faith. So at the outset of this year, let's not give in to Blue Monday, but let's trust God and put our faith in him. And if you come to him with the little bit you have tonight, and it really might not be very much, I'm going to ask that God will give you more and that he will increase that measure for you and that his divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness and for 2023 whether it's your career, your family, area of forgiveness, letting go of the past, overcoming disappointment, bereavement, loss, career moves, <laughs> decisions, big decisions in life, where you're going to live. Yeah, just put your hand in God's tonight and trust him. Let's not be functional atheists, but let's trust in God. So do you want to stand with me and I'm going to pray for you? And your prayer might be mine, the same as this guy in the Bible. Lord, I believe. <laughs> Help me overcome my unbelief. Why don't you start there by asking God. Just where you're standing, you just talk to God yourself. He's listening. Be real. Maybe identify for yourself a little bit where your measure of faith is at the moment. And say, Lord, I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And just think of that area of your life that you need God to just really gift you that sense of faith and provision. And place your hand in his at this start of this year. Thank you, Father, that your divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Thank you that you have given us just enough faith. Thank you for the gift of faith, Lord. And we pray, Lord, tonight that you will gift faith to these people, to your children. Just enough faith to face tomorrow. Just enough faith to believe you for the next step. Just enough faith to know your provision. Just enough faith to forgive again. To go again. To move again. To come alive again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the gift of faith that you give us. Thank you for the measure of faith that you have apportioned to each one of us. Help us to take it and drink it, Lord. Help us to imbibe your words until they become our reality. Increase our faith, we pray, Lord, and we thank you for your gift. In Jesus' name, amen.